Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, and we're currently on season three. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now on to the episode. Kara, uh, a couple of, I don't know, what, months ago, at one point we got a hot steak, I believe it was from Annie, who told yes. us that episode sevens of these series are really important, and we were only on season two at the time, so we're just like, yeah, we believe you, but now it's like, I really believe you, because this is a really important episode. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, because I was going to bring that up. And oh, same page. Yeah, you said this episode made you angry. I don't know if it makes me angry, Stephanie, so much as it just makes me sad. It, more so even than Prophecy Girl and um, like the beginning of season three. I think this episode really shows us Buffy and her friends having to deal with like adult issues in their lives mm-hmm. and how you can be friends with somebody but still let them down still feel betrayed and and know that things are going to be stressful and and tenuous for a while Mm -hmm. even though the the friendship is still there right because i think when you're a kid and even like a teenager you know if one thing happens if you hit one speed bump in your friendship it's over it's like oh my god this is the end of the world Mm -hmm. and then as you get older you tend to find that you know assuming that you've you've picked the right friends your friendships are fairly resilient and you can go through stressful times and you can make mistakes and screw up, but that's something you just have to repair rather than starting over with new friends. And I feel like that's what we see in this episode. Yeah. Lots of choices are being made or have been made this season already. A lot of them bad. <laughs> and in this episode, we deal with some of the consequences of, of those decisions, mostly on the part of our dear sweet Buffy. So yeah, let's get started on Episode 7, we start at the bronze. Oz and his band are playing, and Willow, Xander, and Cordy are watching at a nearby table. When the song is over, Oz goes to join them, and he scrunches in next to Willow, who is then moved closer to Xander, and they both, like, jump, and they the sexual tension is, like, causing them to get really awkward, and Xander, like, jumps on, like, back onto Cordelia, who says, like, Xander, why are you giving me a lap dance? And, like, you're in my space. And he says, what? I just like ya. And Willow is so awkward, and she's like, that's beautiful. It's great when two people like two people and want to be close to them instead of anyone else. And like, you got, okay, so just a reminder to anyone who decided to join us this episode for the first time, uh, Willow and Xander cheated on their respective boyfriend and girlfriend, Cordelia and Oz. They made out two episodes ago, and then they were playing footsie in the last episode. Is that all? Yes. So far. So far that we know of and that we've seen, and they're feeling hella guilty about it, as they should, and... The way that Willow's like rambling now and the way Xander's so jumpy is like, you guys are all so terrible at cheating because you just can't keep it together. Confess! 
confess. I'm sick of this already. So Oz asks if he can take a sip of Willow's drink and both Willow and Xander reach for it and they don't want to touch because it's too obvious that they're cheating on them if they touch. So Xander knocks all the drinks to the ground. The crowd cheers. It's a lot. Cordelia asks, asks them straight up, why are you so hyper? And Willow just changes the subject and brings it on to Buffy and notices that Buffy has been acting differently lately. And Xander sums up season three so far and says, well, she's killing zombies and torching sewer monsters. So <laughs> it's pretty much the same Buffster. And Willow notices that she's off by herself more often and she's very distracted. Cordelia wonders if she has a new honey. And we know that word honey. Ooh, <laughs> he's a honey. <laughs> I haven't heard in a while. There it is. Um, Willow wonders why Buffy wouldn't tell them if she had a new boyfriend. And Cordelia says, if your last steady killed half the class, then your rebound guy sends you a dumpogram. It makes a girl shy. <laughs> and I haven't heard the term dumpogram in a very long time. And I'm going to start. Cordelia is just here with all of the vocabulary. Yeah, she's like bringing it right now. Um, and I want this for her. I love that she is giving us exposition in her own funny Cordelia way. That's when Buffy shows up and they're like, oh, we were just talking about whether or not you have a new boyfriend. We just like made one up for you, basically. And they ask her if she's dating someone. And Buffy is like, I'm going out with someone tonight, you know, matter of fact. And that's when Faith joins them. And she's like, what's up? Time to motivate. And Buffy puts her arm around Faith and says, we're really just good friends. And they walk off. And this must be that queer energy that was brought up in a hot steak, I think, by Sarah a couple episodes ago, uh, if my memory doth serve me well. Yeah, but it's also like a little bit homophobic and queer baiting, right? Ooh, interesting. Queer baiting. Yes, I can see that, too. I'm just wondering if the people like read into this relationship, this is a good example of why they oh, would do that. Oh, there is, I guarantee there's Faith and Buffy like shipping fan fiction out there. Definitely. And I get it. I get it. So we cut to Buffy and Faith fighting two vampires at once while Giles sits nearby with a little cup of water or tea. And he's looking really bored and <laughs> watching them fight. And I was like, how did they get these two vampires to show up at the same time to fight the two slayers? Well, while well, the two slayers were out there at the same time, the two vamps are just really good friends staff. <laughs> I like that a lot. And um, I do. I Okay, so there's a lot of Buffy and faith fighting there's a lot of action in this episode of their fighting styles and i was studying them very closely and this is way too early in the episode for me to come down to what who i think is a better fighter but i have an answer and i think oh, it's pretty okay. clear so they both stake their vampire at the same time and they high five each other and buffy says synchronized slaying and faith says a new olympic category <laughs> that's when a woman comes out of nowhere a british woman and she says sloppy <laughs> and they all turn and look at her and she says you telegraph punches leave blind sides open and for a school night slaying takes entirely too much time which one of you is faith and faith is like that depends who the, who the hell are you and she says gwendolyn post misses your new watcher and giles is shook <laughs> and we cut to credits <laughs> so whoa there's a new watcher in town and we go to the library where faith is telling Gwendolyn post that she doesn't need a new watcher. She has problems with authority figures because they end up kind of dead. And let's not forget when we first met faith, that episode, faith, hope and trick, 
she was running away from a very old vampire because he mysteriously murdered her last watcher. Mm-hmm. And we never found out what she what happened to that watcher, how he murdered her. But apparently it was terrible. And now Faith doesn't trust anybody and is scarred for life. Gwendolyn says, well, that's not up to you. Mr. Giles, where do you keep the rest of your books? And Giles is like, what? And she's like, the actual library. And Giles looks really confused. And she's just like, oh, I see. <laughs> Such a bitch. And Giles says, I assure you, Mrs. Post, this is the finest occult reference collection. And then she says, this side of the Atlantic, I'm sure. Like, like hello, Miss Post. Or sorry, Mrs. Post. Yes. Are you an umbrella? Because you are sure throwing a lot of shade over Giles <laughs> right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I really like that. I love a good pun. Like it's it's every single opportunity she has to open her mouth. She yep. just burns Giles. Um, and she's not wrong in the sense of like, yeah, Giles, this is a disgrace by Watcher standards. And, and I, I know that the episode at the very end kind of like reveals why Mrs. Post shows up so suddenly. Mm-hmm. But... At this point in the episode, for new new watchers, um, you you would think that like wouldn't the watchers council have warned Giles that Mrs. Post is coming? Like once again, they've failed to keep Giles in the loop. They must really not respect him. We surely need to talk a lot more about the watchers council in this episode later on because what the hell are they doing? What do they do? And what does Giles do in respect to them? And like, oh, we have so much to say about that. But yeah, this woman's coming here and throwing some fucking shade at Giles. And I agree with you. I agree with you, Kara. Giles kind of deserves it. Like, there's a, there, I don't think she needs to be such a bitch about it. I don't think it. he deserves like, the shade. I just think no, no, that, no. like, what makes her remarks so cutting is that all of them are true. Yes. She's not exaggerating. His no. collection is poor compared to what he would have if he were in prison, right? And Giles knows it. So everything that she's saying is designed to remind him of just how inadequate he is. And where he is on the totem pole right now within the Watchers' Council. Do you think that she could be a baddie? I don't know. I kind of trust her. (laughs) I think she's doing a good job. She's coming here to shake things up. (laughs) And very, but like, you know, I am getting Dolores Umbridge vibes from Harry Potter book five. So... (laughs) She's mentioning all these books that he does not have in his library. And Giles is like, well, they're on order. <laughs> and then she says, I suppose you have Sir Robert Kane's Twilight Compendium. And Giles says, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. And he grabs it. And she's like, mm, of course you do. <laughs> Don't forget, they also have a book that contains the soul of Moloch, the destroyer. Praise Moloch. Praise Moloch. And he didn't bother to show her that, which is like obviously a rare specimen. And they also have a uh, watcher's diary full of interesting <laughs> anecdotes from Giles' time in Sunnydale. There's a lot of things that Giles is not presenting to Mrs. Post to impress her. And she says she was sent by the council for an important reason faith needs a watcher and she is to act in that capacity and report back and faith calls her mary poppins which made me laugh but giles says if the council feels that you need a closer observation faith then we will of course cooperate and that's when gwendolyn is like the council wishes me to report on the entire situation here including you and (laughs) burn and i love this because buffy that's when buffy decides to chime in and says 
academic probation's not so funny today, huh, Giles? <laughs> and Gwendolyn says that the, there's talk in the council that Giles has become a bit too American, which is shocking to everybody in the library. And <laughs> she goes on to say a demon called Lagos is coming to the Hellmouth, and she asks Giles to give an explanation of Lagos, give an illustration. So Giles starts like to look for it in his books, and automatically she's just like, well, perhaps later. <laughs> too slow, too slow, Giles. Come on, keep up. Giles, well, you should have had a book on Legos out before she even got to town. Like, she should just know. <laughs> Shouldn't you know that he's coming? Like, why did it take you so long to find out? Why did she have to tell you? <sighs> Useless. <laughs> Useless. So, Lagos is seeking the glove of Minigan, and no record of this glove, full power, exists. But we know it is highly dangerous and must not fall into the hands of this demon, and Lagos must be stopped. And Giles asks, well, like, what is your suggestion? And Gwendolyn has the most smug bitch face on, and she's just like, if it's not too radical a suggestion, I thought we might kill him. <laughs> Giles, you walk right into this one. You're not helping yourself, okay? So... She says two slayers at full strength for a coordinated hunt. That's what they need. And the glove is buried in a tomb somewhere, obviously, in Sunnydale. Duh, where else would it be? And Lagos will be heading to the cemetery. That's when Giles says there are 12 within the city limits. And I think, Kara... So now we know. You and I knew this already. Something that Giles knows that she doesn't finally... Well, we knew there were a lot. I don't know. I think this is the first time we've been told how many exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we've always speculated. We're like, there's like dozens out there, right? But like 12 is a lot. It's a lot of yeah. cemeteries for a very small four-road town that also <laughs> has a museum and a super big shopping mall. Lots of stuff in this, in this town. Um, Gwendolyn says we'll have to take each cemetery one at a time. She's like, anything in your books that might pinpoint the exact location of the tomb might be useful, but then we can't ask for miracles. <laughs> she says, we'll begin at sunset. And then she's like, Faith with me, please. And she walks away and Faith is just like, all right. And she follows. And Giles says to Buffy, well, that was bracing. And Buffy says, interesting lady, can we kill her? <laughs> And Giles says the council might frown upon that, but then he's like, how about a spot of training, me and you? What time is it? Midnight? That's a good question. Um, the, yeah, I, I don't know. Poor Giles. You know, clearly he just wants to let it all out. But as we find out when we cut to the next scene, um, <laughs> Buffy, I guess, turned him down, probably said she was busy, needed to do homework, whatever. She blew off Giles for training to go train with Angel and Steph, the first thing I, I thought of when I watched this scene was how happy you would be that Angel is still shirtless at this point. Yes, he's not fully himself yet. He's still a bit feral, <laughs> judging by his lack of so shirt. So they're doing Tai Chi again. We see Angel, uh, and he's shirtless, and Buffy is next to him, and they're not shirtless. going through the motions. And as they go through the various, uh, what do you call, do you call them moves in Tai Chi? positions as they go through the various moves um there's a point where they're raising their arms above their heads and angel's arm like his hands like brush buffies and he, he takes her hands and uh guides her arms down she turns around and faces him and it's this super romantic moment and they come so close to kissing uh and at this point you know steph has to take a break and, and recover uh, and maybe watch it a couple more times. Yeah. Uh, my first comment, though, is like, it's like, yeah, you woo, they're going to kiss. My first comment, though, is like, what are they doing? Like, why? 
why are they doing this together? I thought it was like a fever dream of mine. I thought I stumbled into one of my own, you know, <laughs> You're like, fantasies. oh, did, did my TV switch to my YouTube playlist of Buffy and Angel videos? <laughs> In my brain? Like, what <laughs> happened? But it's really weird that they're doing this. I love it, though, because it gives them a chance to touch and be shirtless and sensual, which is but fine. But that's bad, apparently. And Ooh, that's so what bad. Buffy and Angel conclude in this scene right so buffy's like oh no like she pulls back and she's like i gotta go big night for us slayer types people to see demons to kill you know she's she's making fun of it right um and she's like i gotta go before somebody figures out what we're doing and so angel of course asks the question that comes to mind which is what are we doing tai chi in the garden (laughs) well at this point Stephanie, you probably wouldn't have appreciated that he's putting a shirt on. So he has learned how to put a shirt on since the last time we saw him. He just had it off temporarily. Oh, God. Um, Can't have it all. So Buffy claims that what they're doing is training um, and almost kissing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's like, that's a bad habit. <laughs> we got to break it. And Angel's like, oh, it's so hard, though. What is... <laughs> Fine, I guess. He's going back to his season one fuckboy ways, right? Where it's like, oh, I just really want to kiss you, Buffy. Okay, but he just got back uh, from hell, all right? Like, he... Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> so she's like, no, we got to quit. We got to do cold turkey. Do yeah. you think they make a patch for this? <laughs> you know, comparing it to this nicotine addiction. And she drops the name of Lagos as she's making her excuses and trying to go. And Angel, of course... Clearly has read Sir Robert Kane's Twilight Compendium and whatever else. And he's like, Lagos. He's like, he like repeats the name as if like he recognizes it, but he can't quite place it just yet. Yeah. Buffy's like, yeah, it's like a super powerful demon. He's looking for a glove of whatever. Like (laughs) Buffy doesn't remember the details, right? She's just like demon, kill, glove. Another Tuesday night in Sunnydale. And so she leaves Angel to kind of like piece this all together and you can almost see the wheels turning very slowly uh in his mind what does that mean what does that mean (laughs) it means he's still recovering from his time in hell staff okay he's not quite back up to full strength yet yes that's what i thought you meant (laughs) (laughs) i want to pause here for a second and say that okay so the other uh, like uh yesterday i was listening to our introduction episode yep from the very beginning of our podcast. And I was really nervous about how I would take Angel and Buffy's relationship. I was telling you that. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to think of Angel after all these years. And, you know, we're in season three now. And it's just like, well, nothing's changed. Like, not a thing. (laughs) My opinion hasn't changed. I still love this guy. I love that he knows who Lagos is for no reason whatsoever. They never explain this big backstory of Angel versus Lagos. But uh, he knows. Well, again, I just assume it's because the show's reminding us that Angel's actually a smart guy. You know, he's been around for a while. He's had a lot of time to read. You know, we've seen this in previous times. Like later on in the episode, he knows all about the ritual to destroy this glove. Giles has to research it, right? Like Angel is on top of it. Angel's like, oh, Legos, yeah. Angel should be a watcher. There's a show I need. There's a show (laughs) I need immediately. So... (laughs) Let's cut to the library. Let's leave this r- amazing scene, this like ten out of ten scene, and go to the library. There's a lot of library scenes in this episode. Yeah, it's like the it's like um the set of the day for sure. And Giles is in a goddamn terrible mood, and I get it. Honestly, this woman's riding him. You know, everything he does is wrong. It's like not a good place to be. So he's freaking out because he can't find anything about Legos. He doesn't know that he should just 
find out that Angel's alive and go ask him about Legos because they're besties. Duh. So <laughs> come on. So he snaps at Xander. Love to see it. But Willow's there too. So he's also kind of snapping at Willow, which isn't good. Um, and he says, find out all you can about the demon, its strengths, its weaknesses, its places of origin, and most importantly, what it plans to do with this blasted glove. And Xander says, you're not the watcher of me. <laughs> and Giles then says, so, like, usually Giles, like, mutters things under his breath or just says, like, something really, like, like you know, he'll put Xander in his place. But in this case, he, like, yells at him. And he's like, then go home. But if you choose to stay, then work. And he storms off. Chef's kiss, you know, anytime somebody yells at Xander, we love it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we especially like, especially with Giles, right? Because like you said, Giles normally doesn't get this like visibly upset and rattled. Mm -hmm. So to see that and then to see him take it out on Xander, who who's being a dick right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're here for it. Not to defend Xander ever. To defend <laughs> high school students <laughs> in general, because... This woman said earlier that, like, there's no information about Lagos or this glove. So Giles is really like, go find everything you can about this. It's like, what do they, if you, like, hundreds of years of zero information about Lagos, you think that these students are going to find it in your pitiful occult reference collection? I don't think so. Well. But then they do. So, you know, it's minor yeah. spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> they can do anything the Scoobies once they put their mind to it. So Xander joined. I forgot. Xander joins Willow in the bookshelves up top of the library and they're bitching about all this research and they're tired and Giles is grumpy and they sit down together and Willow's like, my eyes are blurry and she starts massaging her temples. And of course, Xander reaches over and massages it for her. Xander, no. Xander, stop. No touchy. No touchy. And Willow says, stop. And Xander says, stop means no. And no means no. And he stops. And I was like, you know what else no means, Xander? It means don't watch women change without their permission. Okay? <laughs> I don't care that it was two years ago. I'm never moving on. So anyway, he stops. Good for him, I guess. And Willow turns around, grabs him, and they start to make out. And I puke. I puked everywhere. <laughs> well, it's just, it's so unsubtle. And what happens next, right, with, with Giles coming around the corner, you know, and he's got his nose buried in a book, of course, but he almost sees them. And Willow and Xander them? pull. Well, that's a good question. I don't think so. Because even if he didn't say anything in the moment, I think he would have said something at some point in this episode, given everything else that's going on and how bad yeah. of a mood he's in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, plus, if he did see anything, that head trauma later on. Gone. <laughs> wipe, um, wipe the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, but, really good. Point. But anyway, good point. you know, this is like they're they're getting sloppy now. Ugh. Like they're gonna get caught at some point. And God. whatever you think about this cheating, this affair, or whatever you want to call it, like they they're crossing the line from oh, there's this attraction, and we've made a couple of mistakes to now we're deliberately making out in the library. Mm -hmm. um, and we're being sloppy enough that anybody could just walk around the stacks and find us. And yeah, yeah. so Giles has his, his nose in a book and he's like, okay. He's like, you guys, you can stop. I've got what I need. And he's found the location of the Glove of Minigan. Uh, it's in a family crypt in, um, I think it's Riverside Cemetery. Something like that. 
I didn't write it yeah, down. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's a specific cemetery. There's an R name. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Xander's like, oh, I I know where that is. Which cool that you know where a specific crypt is in in a cemetery, Xander. Good job. Weird. Why? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Convenient. And he volunteers to go there in case Buffy sh- like this is the worst plan ever. You should wait until you find Buffy and then tell her. But no, like, you're going to go to the place where the demon could be. Yeah. And wait there in case Buffy and Faith happen to show up at that cemetery tonight. Because there's 12 cemeteries. Yeah. Um, but he's not thinking straight. Because he's like, I just have to get out of this situation, right? I was caught. Um, yeah. He leaves. And uh, Willow's like, oh, I'll, I'll keep studying. You know, we're going we're gonna to get a breakthrough. And we're going to, like... We're going to get some more information on Lagos. So she's like, I can feel we're close to a big breakthrough. And she's talking really quickly. And you can see on her face, right, that she's like so ashamed of what she's done. Giles says like, no, we're done. And that's when he said that. That's when I kind of was like, he, did he see them? And he just chose. He's just like, I'm just not going to. This is fucked. Like, I'm stressed already. It's a good question. But right? yeah, I, I'm going to say no. Yeah, um, I, I side with you. I don't think he did see them. But it is like you're saying. They got sloppy, and they are sloppy. They're sloppy humans right now. I don't like it. Deliberately having an affair is a slap in the face to people who love you. So fuck you too. But also, isn't it so interesting that Giles found... (laughs) He found a book that talks a lot about Lagos and this glove, but it says very specifically where in Sunnydale they can find it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess his collection... Of occult books is not so bad after all. If they can find well, exactly and what this is post clearly didn't do the right research, right? Because she could have found this out. Doesn't she have all the books Giles has? Like, wow, uh, Giles needs us to back him up. He he should have had us as, there as his hype girls. So Faith and Buffy are walking, and Faith is talking about all the guys that she's dated. She calls herself a loser magnet, and she's like, "Now let's just get some and then get gone." And you can't trust guys. And she asks Buffy about her stories, and Buffy's like, "There's not much to tell these days." And Faith says, "Well, you must have stories. I've had my share of losers, but you boinked the undead. What was that like?" Because once again, let's not forget, everybody. Faith loves to have sex. Faith is a yeah, sexual she's creature. A dirty girl. She's <laughs> a dirty bad girl from boston and she likes to have sex so buffy says that life with angel what is dot 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 was complicated Ooh, you're really bad at lying buffy and she says it's hard for her to talk about it and faith says try and buffy says look faith all the angel issues are still kind of with me so if you don't mind i'd rather not and faith says yeah yeah whatever but you can also tell that faith was hurt that buffy doesn't want to open up to her like, do you no. feel that way? Because I, I I, don't know. I read that very much like, oh, Faith is like trying to like connect with Buffy over boys, which is all she probably knows how to do. And Buffy doesn't want to open up. So she like takes it as like an insult or well, a... What I noticed was, you know, Faith pushed, Buffy pushed back and, and Faith did eventually respect that boundary. And I thought that was good. Yeah. These two women are really interesting together. So anyway, Faith says that, uh, you know, they've checked out six cemeteries tonight already. Zero for six, she says. I was like, that's a lot of cemeteries. They have another six, I guess. So Faith says she'll swing through the next one alone because Buffy wants to take off. And Buffy's like, are you sure? And she's like, hey, I have this one purse on my back now. I don't need a babysitter. I'll holler if I have any fun. And then she leaves and Buffy's just like, thanks and goes. So lo and behold... 
Faith runs into Legos the demon at well, the cemetery. It's a demon. We don't know if it's Legos, right? Like, it's just a random demon. Nobody, Giles never did show us that photo. It's true. And actually, you know, they never actually say it's Legos the entire episode. So this could just Faith? be this, this could just be a demon, like, that lost something of his own. And he's just, like, rifling <laughs> through guy. tombs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, he's just, he's just looking, he's just making a living, robbing some tombs or whatever. <laughs> You know, and then the Slayers show up, and it's just, he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. This poor man. Yeah, you're right. Aw, justice for this random demon. Um, Faith shouts, son of a bitch, it's my lucky day. (laughs) That was a really good use of son of a bitch. And uh, she attacks him, and this demon, whether it's Legos or not, kicks her ass and takes off. Yeah. So we cut to a different cemetery, I'm assuming, is a different one, and... Xander is checking out that tomb and he's talking to himself and he says, Hey Giles, here's a nifty idea. Why don't I alleviate my guilt by going out and getting myself really, really killed? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Why don't you? Why don't I, you, Xander? I approve of this plan. Yes. This is a plan we can both get behind. This plan has been sponsored by Prophecy Girls. So unfortunately, he did not go to the tomb where... With the mysterious demon that Faith ran into. He is at a tomb where Angel walks out of. And he's carrying something wrapped in a cloth. And shock. Shock and appalled is what Xander is. And he takes out his stake and follows Angel to the mansion. And I don't get how Xander, the mouth breather, could be so stealthy as to creep up on Angel, who... Is a master oh, 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 okay. of being stealthy. Let's, let's not insult we mouth breathers, Steph. Um, <laughs> we can be stealthy if we need to be. But I see what you're saying, which is, yes, Xander is bad at everything he tries to do. And I, I think it's a case of Angel's just a little bit preoccupied. You know, he is toting this super powerful glove and he's nervous and he's not, still not used to wearing shirts. So he's got a lot on his mind. He's like, what is this clothing? This feels weird on my skin. <laughs> but Angel's also uh, out and about. And he's, from what we can tell, he's been hiding out in that mansion because Buffy's been bringing him the dinner in a bag, right? Yeah. So yeah, this could be his first solo outing and where he's not feral and attacking Buffy in the woods or killing people who are attacking Buffy. So lots, you know, this is a big deal for him. We're right back at season one, Angel, where he's just like a little lamb out to learn how people live, you know? So, of course, Xander follows Angel to the mansion, looks through a window, and oh my god, Angel and Buffy are kissing. And it's a beautiful thing. We haven't seen them make out like this. We've seen them kiss a little bit at the end of season two. We've (laughs) not seen them make out since Surprise. And, and of course, Xander happens in at that precise moment that they're heavily making out, right? Yeah, to ruin my fucking life. So Buffy and Angel stop kissing and they're out of breath. Even Angel, who doesn't breathe because it's so hot. And Buffy's freaking out. And she's like, what am I doing? What are you doing? Shame on you. (laughs) And Buffy says, I don't even know why I came back here. And Angel's like, you know what? It's good you did. I think I have what you're looking for. And he pulls her over to wear the glove. That's what he had wrapped in that, you know, the cloth. It was the glove of Minigon. And he tells Buffy not to touch it because once you put it on, the glove can never be removed. And Buffy says, no touching, kind of like us. (laughs) No, 
And um, Angel's, uh, she tells Angel to hold on to it and she'll tell Giles in the morning and it'll make him happy. But we cut to Giles, who's reading about the glove in a book and Mrs. Post and is they're there. at Giles's house. Yeah, he invited this bitch to his house. That was the first thing I noticed was like, yeah, like, why is she at his house? Why weren't they at the library? Like, keep your work at work, Giles. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly she knows everything about this glove already because basically Giles is like showing her the picture. Oh, here's the glove. And she's just like, she she says a bunch of facts about it. And then she's like, you should stop looking at the photos and try reading the nice words or whatever. Like, well, suddenly she, really she calls bitchy. into question the veracity, the credibility of the source that Giles is re referencing, right? She's like, yeah. you know, this person clearly doesn't know anything about the glove. And if you did more reading, then you'd know that already and putting it down. So Giles, of course, is like, okay, tea. Because that's the answer to everything. And I agree. I agree with you, Giles. Um, so, he, so he goes to like make tea with a proper little tea service all set up. And mm -hmm. Mrs. Post sits down and uh, ultimate insult. She takes the tea bag that he put into the cup out. <laughs> and she pulls out a little metal container from her uh, bag. And she opens it up. And clearly she's going to use her own tea. Which, Ouch. I get it. I get it. Quality tea is important, and I understand. But at the same time, it's like, if you didn't already know this lady was a bitch, you know now. Now we know. And this is exactly why Giles should not have invited her over. <laughs> yeah. So, but she calls it out. She says, hey, you must find me tiresome. Right? And it's like, yeah, we do. And she says, it's like, it's insidious, really. A person slips up on a little thing, and soon everything turns to hell in a handbasket. And she says, for example, Buffy, your slayer. And Giles cuts her off right there. He's like, just back the fuck up, bitch, all right? I can assure you that Buffy is both dedicated and industrious, and I am in complete control of my slayer. Of course, that's when Xander, ruin everything Harris, runs in and says, Giles, we have a big problem. It's Buffy. And embarrasses Giles again. And Giles is like, will you excuse us? And he takes Xander and they have a little conversation at the side of the room. And Mrs. Post is so fucking smug. And she's like, can I offer some assistance? And Giles is like, that won't be necessary. <laughs> well, and I love this, the whole, just the framing of this scene, the comedic timing of Xander bursting in, the way that they frame Xander and Giles having that sidebar. We don't hear what Xander says to Giles. Because no. um, we, the camera sticks with Mrs. Post in the foreground, and, and we don't ever hear what Xander says to Giles. And when we go to the next scene, back in the library the next day, and we get basically this intervention, Ugh. all we know, like all that anybody in that room knows until Buffy shows up, is what Xander told to Giles, and we never hear what he says. So I am so interested in like how he frames it. I just saw Angel, he's alive, and him and Buffy were kissing, and we're all in danger. Like, that's probably exactly what he said. Uh, but yeah, Intervention is exactly what this is, and I love the show Intervention. I, I cry, I bawl my eyes out every time I watch an episode. Um, this is not controlled properly, and I love how in this scene, Willow is trying to run it like an intervention right and it's so smart of her you know you use i statements i feel i'm worried <laughs> it's so good and for anyone who watches how i met your mother allison hannigan is a star on that show after she did buffy and she also runs the interventions on that show <laughs> so this is a good practice for her so 
Yeah, like, okay, so they're all in the library. Buffy comes in saying that she has the magic mitten thingy is what she calls it. And that's when she notices that Xander, Cordy, Willow, and Oz are all sitting at the table watching her and Giles is standing behind them. And he says, better take a seat. And Xander stands up and passive aggressively gives Buffy his chair so he can stand behind her like a fucking idiot. And... Buffy's just like, what's going on? And Giles just lays it all out. He says, we know Angel is alive. Xander saw you with him. It appears that you've been hiding him and you've lied to us all. Kara, we haven't seen a scene like this since like becoming part one. Like we we saw them gang up on her a couple times this season. But a conversation like this in the library hasn't happened since season two. And I wasn't expecting it in this episode. I didn't, I didn't remember that this happened. Like they had an intervention for her. I I remembered that this scene happened, but watching it and just the way it's done. Right. And the Mm -hmm. tension. So good. Like it's so good. Such a tense scene. It's so awkward. And and you feel for everybody because they all have legitimate complaints. Uh, Even Xander. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not letting Xander off the hook, but like, everybody's perspective here has some validity to it, which Giles does acknowledge later on. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what makes this. This is why I love this show so much, right? Is because people screw up and, and people in the show make mistakes. But at the end of the day, it's very seldom, you know, yes, you have the evil characters like the mayor and jealous and, you know, the master and what, mm-hmm. like you have the clearly evil characters, but this, the series does a really good job of distinguishing between pure inhuman evil and the harm that we do to each other with our good intentions. Yeah. And that's the scene really outlines that perfectly, what you just said. So Willow says, nobody's here to blame you, Buffy, but this is serious. You need help. And Buffy says, it's not what you think. And Xander's like, I think you're harboring a vicious killer. And Willow says, this isn't about attacking Buffy. Everyone, this is not about attacking Buffy. Remember, I statements only. That was an I statement. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's true. He says, I think you're harboring a vicious killer. (laughs) But this is the thing. Like, Willow is the only one in this room, I think, who comes across. I I mean, Giles to a degree. But she's the only one that is coming across as sympathetic and trying to, like, you know, we are here to help you. Where... Xander, once again, just like in Becoming Part 1, his self-righteousness and his insensitivity is too much. It's too much. So Cordelia sets the tone right now where she's like, fine, here's one. I feel worried about me, (laughs) which is on point. Thank you, Cordelia. Because again, Cordelia is (laughs) being honest, you know, like this is the thing is, yes, is she self-centered? Yes. Is she a little bit out of line in what she's saying? Yes. But what do you expect? This this is pure Cordelia, mm-hmm. and she is being herself, and yep. I respect that. Me, me, me. And she says, last time around, Angel barely laid a hand on Buffy. He was way more interested in killing her friends, which is true. And I do have to agree with yep. Cordelia here, because it is unclear how much Buffy has thought this through. And I think the scene oh, really... Oh, 0%. She has thought this through it. Nothing at all. And I think this the scene and the fact that Cordelia said this and Xander is too harsh about it, but they, like you're saying, everyone has a point. Everyone has a really good point here. So Buffy says, well, he's better now. And Xander says, for how long, Buffy? Did you even think about that? And Buffy gets up and says, what is this? Demons Anonymous? I don't need an intervention here. And Giles puts her in her place. And he says... You must have known it was wrong seeing Angel or you wouldn't have hidden it from us, which is on point. And Buffy says, 
I was going to tell you, I just didn't know why he came back. I just wanted to wait. And Xander says, for what? For Angel to go psycho again next time you give him a happy? Oh my God, I hate that. I hate that phrase. I know. And Buffy says, I'm not going to. We're not together like that. And then the only time Oz really says anything in this scene is now where he says, but you were kissing him. And Buffy looks at Xander and says, you were spying on me? What gives you the right? And Cordelia defends Xander and says, what gives you the right to suck face with your demon lover again? And Buffy says it was an accident, which I was like, Buffy, Buffy. And this is the only time where when Xander says you tripped and fell on his lips, that is something probably I would say (laughs) in like the heat of the moment is if someone's like, oh, it was an accident that I kissed him. Just is it an accident that Xander and Willow kissed? Did they fall on each other's lips? Well, that's the thing though, right? Is this whole scene has parallels between Xander and Willow carrying on behind the backs of the rest of the Scoobies. And I think some of the behavior that we see in Xander and Willow in this scene is them carrying their own guilt, right? And thinking like, it could be me in that hot seat right now. Yeah, I agree. So that's why it's just like, all right, you guys, like you're projecting onto Buffy here and that's not a good thing. Oh, the scene is just so so, like jam-packed with good stuff. So Buffy says... It was wrong, okay? I know that, and I know that it can't happen again. You guys have to believe me. I would never put you in any danger if I thought for a second that Angel was going to hurt anyone. And that's when Xander says, you would stop him, like you did last time, with Miss Calendar. And I'm sorry, Xander, that was a fucking low blow. Like, fuck you. And I don't care if it's if it's true. Like, even if the fact that, like, yeah, Buffy loved him too much last year to kill him, and that allowed him to kill a lot of other people. Is that Buffy's fault? I like, This is really complicated, but the fact that Xander came at it with such an, as such an insensitive asshole, and I don't think he cares about Miss Calendar. I still think that he's harboring these jealous feelings, and I think that he's using Miss Calendar just like he did last year as like a shield to cover up the real reason why he doesn't like Angel and Buffy together. It's hard. So Willow says, Buffy, I feel that when it comes to Angel, you can't see straight, which is why we're going to help you face this. And I agree with this statement from Willow as well, because it's true. Like Buffy can't really see straight around Angel because she loves him, but it's also not that simple. And I also think that that describes Xander a lot more than it describes Buffy, that he can't think straight when he thinks about him. Yeah. This, this, this is where I asked myself the question in the middle of the scene was, is it Buffy's fault for all of these things? You know, because like maybe it's time that we put Buffy on trial for Miss Calendar if Xander's going to keep bringing it no, up. No, because Buffy, you, Buffy's not responsible for other people's actions, right? What Angel did, and we put Angel on trial, that's, his, uh, that's on him. Yeah. You know, Buffy didn't motivate Angel to kill Miss Calendar. Angel was going to kill Miss Calendar. Buffy is responsible for her actions. So, yes, Buffy screwed up by not telling everybody sooner that Angel's back. Absolutely. Yes. Are they being too hard on her for it? Also, yes. Yeah. It is true. Buffy, it's true that you cannot protect your friends from Angel. And you never have been able to, right? And the fact that you didn't tell them... That is a betrayal because they were in this with you last year. But I also just want to recognize, and I don't think anybody in this scene acknowledges this. There is no rule book for this. When was the last time anybody in this room has dealt with their significant other losing their soul, getting their soul back just before they got sent to hell dimension, 
coming back after thousands of years of subjective torture time with no explanation for why they're back, right? Like, we need to cut Buffy a little bit of slack here because she's 17 years old Mm -hmm. and she is dealing with something that nobody else has any experience with. Yeah. Like, Xander is acting all holier than thou, but Xander, a couple years ago, you were, like, about... You wanted to have sex with a bug teacher, right? Like, (laughs) remember that you too, Xander are not all like knowing and you have made your mistakes as well because it turns out that fighting supernatural powers is really difficult and also they're also not asking themselves a bigger question which is what the hell is angel doing back here what does this mean so of course buffy's overwhelmed with the fact that her boyfriend who she sent to hell is back and she didn't know how to fucking act so you're right They need to cut her more slack here. And Buffy says that Angel's better now. She swears he found the glove of Minigan and he's keeping it safe for us in the mansion. And Xander's like, great plan! Like, he like flips. He's like, leave tons of firepower with a scary guy and leave us to clean up the mess. Xander, you clean up shit, okay? Like, stop saying you clean up the mess. Buffy left for the summer and we were left to deal with everything. Deal with what? Shut up. So... Buffy says, you would just love an excuse to hurt him, wouldn't you? Yes. (laughs) And Xander says, I don't need an excuse. I think a lot of dead people actually constitutes a reason. And things are getting fiery. Things are getting hot. Buffy says, right. This is all nobility and has nothing to do with jealousy. (laughs) Boom goes the dynamite. So that's when Cordelia pipes up and says, hello, Miss Not Over Yourself Yet. I hate to break it to you, Cordelia. I really do. I think that... Is this whole situation with Xander is so unfair to you, but it's true. And you've chosen the wrong guy and you will hopefully leave him very soon. So Buffy says, don't you start with me. And Willow panics. I love this quote from Willow. She's like, Giles, nobody's doing the I statements. I know. And it's it's almost enough. Like it's because it's this is the precious, awkward Willow that we love. It's almost enough to make you forget that she too is culpable and we're upset with her right now. We're, uh, Willow, you're on thin ice here, but that was a really funny line. That's when Giles is like, you're like, things are escalating and Giles is going to pull it back in. He's the adult here. He's like, all right, we're going off the rails. So he says, that's enough. Buffy now knows our concerns. Her actions, however ill-advised, can be understood. Our priority right now is to retrieve the glove and try to destroy it. Now, all of you get to your classes. So he ends it, right? He's like, everyone has a point. Just like you and I are saying, like, everyone's got a point here. Buffy knows what she did. It was ill-advised, but yet we get why she did it. So just like, let's move on. Okay, we've got bigger problems. And then they all disperse. And Giles goes into his office and Buffy follows. And Buffy thought that he was going to be her ally here. And that's why she's saying thanks for the bail in there. And... She's like, I know it's a lot to absorb, but Angel did find the glove. And she starts to explain stuff. And Giles tells her, he says, quiet. And then, ooh, the lighting in the scene. Giles turns around and the light hits his face in such a, like, a beautiful way. Oh, so Giles says, I won't remind you that the fate of the world often lies with the Slayer. What would be the point? Nor shall I remind you that you jeopardize the lives of all that you hold dear by harboring a known murderer. But sadly, I must remind you that Angel tortured me for hours for pleasure. You should have told me he was alive. You didn't. You have no respect for me or the job I perform. And then Giles turns his back on her and sits down. 
So Daddy Giles, he's not angry. He's disappointed. disappointed. Oh, that hurts so much more. It's such a... We let down Daddy Giles. (laughs) No, Buffy. And I think this is where it hits Buffy because she was denied, denied, denied. But now she's like, damn, he's so fucking right. I screwed up. She leaves. She turns around and goes. And again, I had to ask myself the question at the end of this confrontation, because it was a confrontation. And they're like, Angel's no good. Angel's a murderer. Angel's bad. Basically, they put him on trial the way you and I did. And Buffy doesn't see him that way. And Buffy trusts Angel so much, you know, she like she knows he's got his soul back and that he won't hurt her. So it's hard to see which side we're on. Like up until now, I've just been really happy that he's been shirtless so much. Right. I haven't really like thought about what it actually means that Angel's back in Sunnydale. But yeah, like we can't trust this guy. He's a loose cannon. And I think there's going to be there. I hope something comes up soon in a different episode, perhaps where we can really grapple with more of what Angel did last season and what it means for him to be back now. And if it means he, things changed, we can be on all these people's sides, like Willow, Xander's, Cordelia's like we, and Buffy's. We can see everybody's side. Oh, but... I, have, I, I have thoughts for later on in the episode. So okay, let's, okay, let's get to that. Uh, we cut to Faith's motel room. There's a knock on the door. <laughs> and Faith answers the door with a stake in hand, except that it's bright daylight out. <laughs> and it's Mrs. Post. <laughs> And Mrs. Post says, just a word of advice. Vampires rarely knock, especially in the daylight. So she's she's just in a complete shade mood right now. She's just like, I'm just going to make fun of everybody. Yeah. No apologies, no prisoners. Yeah. Um, so she looks around Faith's dingy motel room. And she says, this is your home. And Faith says, yeah, the decorator just laughed. Because <laughs> that's, you know, Faith, Faith likes to deflect with humor. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Post actually says something nice she says do you know who the spartans were <laughs> and faith's like some people from sparta <laughs> spartans were actually from sparta um, yeah. <laughs> and this supposed give gives faith uh, a little history lesson they were the fiercest warriors known to ancient greece and they lived in minimalist quarters like faith's motel room um because a true fighter needs nothing else you know and she she's trying to bond with faith here she's trying to like make it clear that she understands that faith is here to slay first and foremost and she goes on to give faith like one of those like lectures from a sports movie or some kind of like training movie where you have the the trainer the mentor come in to try to like help this apprentice and she's like i'm gonna be hard on you and you're gonna hate me most of the time and i'm not gonna let you slip up you know, I'm going to be on your case, but I'm going to make you a better slayer and keep you alive. Yes, coach. And, yes. Right. Like you can yeah. always picture the swelling music behind it. <laughs> um, and, and, and she slags off Mr. Giles, right? She's like, God only knows what he's been filling your head with. And Faith jumps in and she's like, Giles is all right. You know, because this is the thing is, yes, Faith is anti-authority, but there's a streak of honesty inside of her. And I also think that much like Buffy, she sees this father-like figure in Giles, right? Like, Giles is always this pseudo-parent. Mm-hmm. So she jumps to Giles's defense, and Mrs. Post runs right over it and is like, well, they're having secret meetings behind your back. Oh, God. <laughs> and Faith's like, what? She's like, oh, I don't know. You know, Giles was there, and Buffy and her friends, and Faith is like, oh, I guess friends doesn't include me. 
And it's so obvious at this point that Mrs. Post is trying to drive this wedge between Faith and everybody else. And so the scene ends with Mrs. Post saying, would you like to do some training? And Faith is like, what do you mean? Like kicking, punching, stabbing? I'm your girl. (laughs) (laughs) Because, of course, Faith loves to blow off steam that way. And I think Mrs. Post recognizes that. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to get Faith on my side. And we'll find out why she needs that later on. Yeah, but it also appears that like Faith is very easily manipulated, right? She played on all those those aspects of her. Oh, look at your house. Look at your lack of friends. Yeah, not the last time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll Stay have to tuned. talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but um, we cut to the halls of Sunnydale. Hi, and Buffy's approaching Willow and she's really nervous. And she's like, okay, on a scale of one to a million, how much are you hating me right now? Because let's not forget when Buffy came back after her traumatizing summer, they all gave her the cold shoulder. So Will, surprisingly, maybe not to us, but to, Bu- to Buffy, <laughs> says, Zero, you were scared. You kept a secret, you know? That's okay. Secrets aren't bad. They're normal. They're better than normal. They're good secrets. Secrets are good. There's a reason why we keep them, right? So, oh my God. Oh my God. I just want to share what my friend told me this weekend. Um, she leaned in and she said, Secrets, secrets are no fun secret secrets hurt someone and it stuck with me for it's going to stick with me forever because it's so true and willow is trying to convince herself that secrets are a good thing and she's allowing herself to sympathize and rationalize with what buffy did with angel because she's also in the wrong and she wants to make it feel like it's okay so they walk and talk and Will just says, are you going to the bronze tonight? Are you going to sneak away with a secret rendezvous with Angel? And I do think it's kind of weird that she's automatically into Buffy and Angel together again. Like not half an hour ago, she was saying, you need help. You have a problem. <laughs> and now she's like, are you going to sneak away and like get with him? I get, I, well, I think she's compensating, right? Yes. Oh, you're... Ugh. So Buffy says... No, she's going to kill Legos as a peace offering to Giles. So she wants to make it up to Giles. That's what her concern is right now. And she's going to go to the crypt uh, where Angel found the glove the night before and wait for him. So we cut to the bronze that night where Xander, as I guess he does often, is angrily playing pool by himself. (laughs) And Faith comes up to him and she's like, you're upset about something. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And Faith is all like, don't you guys think I know what you and your pals were talking about behind my back this morning? And Faith thinks they're talking about the glove. And Xander says, how would you like to get a hit of real news? Angel's still alive. And Faith is like, Angel the vampire? And Xander's like, yeah, saw him myself, toting the popular and famous glove. And Faith is like, well, a guy like that, that kind of glove could kill a whole mess of people. And Xander's like, yeah, I said the same thing to Buffy myself, but she didn't uh. seem to care. Ooh. And, the th- and we just said that Faith is so easily manipulated, so easily, in fact, that she's allowing Xander to manipulate her right now. And Faith is like, Buffy knew he was alive. I can't believe her. And Xander's like, she says he's clean. And Faith is like, well, I say we can't afford to find out. I say I deal with the problem right now. I say I slay. <laughs> and Xander says, can I come? <sighs> this is the worst because... I can't. No, I, I know, Steph. Don't worry. I'll do it for you. Um, Xander, fuck all the way off. 
Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he he's so selfish. He is such a selfish person. And I know that we earlier we excused Cordelia's self-centeredness, but that's because Cordelia's self-centeredness, A, like we said, she's right about her observations about Angel. Yep. But it's also like Cordelia's doing that for self-preservation. Xander's not in this for the self-preservation. When Xander says, can I come? He wants to be there to see Angel get hurt. He wants to feel like he's being a hero. He wants to feel like he has one-upped Buffy. Because remember, Buffy rejected him and chose Angel over that him. That slut. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm seeing in this scene in this episode is Xander is so fixated on Angel and Angel and Buffy because at the end of the day, as Buffy observed, it's jealousy and it's his inferiority complex, his need to be a hero. Get over yourself, Xander. You're so toxic. You're toxic fucking person. And also, this is the second time that he is announcing himself the leader of this group and making decisions, life and death decisions about Angel's life without the group and without the Slayer. He's like, I have this other Slayer who I can manipulate into thinking my way and get her to kill him. Is that the real big bad of this season? (laughs) Ooh, like I, oh my God. Uh, I was so mad when I was watching this scene. So this is when Mrs. Post, Gwendolyn Post, is in Giles's office and she's like, you wanted to see me. And Giles is like, oh, would you like tea? And she's like, yes. She says she's knackered because she spent the entire afternoon training with Faith, who does not lack for energy. And Giles asks her if this is her first Slayer. And he's like, I have the utmost respect for your methods on my, in my own American way. Ha ha ha. But when he asks her if Faith is her first Slayer, does that mean that Buffy's not Giles' first Slayer? Great question. Um, that's one possible interpretation. Yes. I, th- I think it, it could also be interpreted as, like, we know that every potential gets assigned a watcher, right? Like, Kendra wasn't a Slayer yet, but she still had Mr. Zabuto training her from a young age. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that lots of watchers are employed in the field training these potential Slayers, and that's what he's referring to. Um, and maybe that even maybe Giles even did that at some point in his watcher career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe Mrs. Post was kind of tapped for this post. See what I did there? Yeah. Um, without having a lot of experience in the field, maybe because I don't know, she had so much book experience. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that that example. Actually, I, I and I actually it makes me want to know more about the potential slayers. Like, how many are there? You know. Yeah. So we need we need more. We need more. We need more. So so Giles says he has the glove. It's safe in a mansion on Crawford Street. A friend of Buffy's is keeping it there. And that, for some reason, excites Mrs. Post. Well, and he's so smug about it, right? Like, he's like, you know, I have the utmost respect for your methods. And then the next thing he drops is, by the way, I've got the glove. Like, you know, (laughs) no big deal. But your methods failed and mine have succeeded. Even with my juvenile library collection, I found a glove that couldn't be found because nothing was ever written about it, apparently. I found it because my Slayer was keeping the existence of her ex-boyfriend from hell a secret from me, but he found the glove anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how he got it or what his methods it's, were it's for getting it. It's all going to plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she doesn't need to know the nitty gritty details of how he got the glove. <laughs> um, so um, Gwendolyn's all excited and she's like... 
uh, oh, we must get to it immediately and hide it before someone else finds it. And Giles is like, or better yet, destroy it. And he's like, he found in this time, he also found out how to destroy the glove. It's amazing how much work he's been doing. And he's like, you have to transform fire into living flame and emulate the glove. And he says it's complex, but he's got all the materials already because of course he does. <laughs> and I was like, oh, why don't you try the Mangus tripod? <laughs> you haven't done that in a while. So uh, Giles, unfortunately and stupidly, turns his back. And that's when Gwendolyn says, I must say, Mr. Giles, good show. And then she bashes him on the head twice with the, some sort of statue and Giles collapses. So something's up with Mrs. Post, do you think? <laughs> yeah. So we cut to the cemetery where Willow has come with Buffy to wait for this demon with her. And Buffy says she had tried faith, but she's not home. And she's like, it's okay if you want to bolt because uh, it's not you who's in trouble with Giles. And she's like, how long do you think he's going to stay mad at me? And she can't blame him because now that the secret is out in the open, she does feel better. And Willow <laughs> says keeping secrets is a lot of work. One could hypothetically imagine. <laughs> and she's asking Buffy, you know, when she was with Angel, no one knew about it. Did that make it feel sexier somehow? W Willow... Buffy is not cheating on Oz with Angel. But Buffy was sneaking away and making out with Angel, sure. But she wasn't breaking her boyfriend's heart in the process. And that's the difference, yeah. okay? It's not sexy to do anything with Xander, let alone make out with him behind your boyfriend's back. So, <laughs> sorry, I lost my cool there for a second. Really? That's the first time you lost your cool this whole recording? <laughs> I'm usually very calm you know that um <laughs> buffy says it's not really like not really it's too much pressure it makes the fun parts not so fun after a while so she's like why and willow starts to crumble and she's gonna tell buffy her her shame and she says this will make me feel better right i always consider myself a good person floss i do my homework and i never cheat but lately and she's like please don't judge me on this but i want you to be the first to know that there's a demon behind you because lagos or this mysterious demon who we don't really know <laughs> walks up behind buffy and buffy fights him grabs his own sword from him and beheads him just like that which actually is like he was, he was very easy to beat i don't know why faith had such trouble with that but again like it makes me think that maybe this wasn't lagos at all it could have just been your neighborhood demon. Well, I think this goes back to what we were saying, what you were saying about Buffy versus Faith's fighting styles. Faith just like starts wailing on people and hopes that her skills and her slayer strength went out. Buffy, you know, Legos it, it is a serious threat and he throws Buffy around a couple of times. It looks painful, mm -hmm. but she finally manages to overwhelm him and get the better of him and grab the sword from the scabbard on his back because she's a little, she has this like awareness, uh, situational awareness mm -hmm. that faith doesn't quite have yet. And so I, I, I don't know, you can reveal your, your decision yeah. when you're ready to reveal it. But I feel like Buffy's the better fighter because she's just a little bit more collected when she's fighting. Yeah, I was going to bring it up later, but like, yeah, it, it's Buffy. Buffy is a better fighter, and it's because she's more resourceful. Like you said, that situational awareness is really important for her. Um, she showed up at this fight knowing she was going to fight a giant demon without any weapons. Like, who does that? That was the fast? one thing I was like, okay, so the sword came in handy. 
Giles has lots of swords. Why didn't you bring one? <laughs> Seriously. But whatever. She got her own and she she took care of this demon real quick. And then she comes back to Willow and she's like, what were you saying? And Willow just says that she opened her SAT test five minutes early and, you know, it doesn't seem so important now. And Buffy's like, all right, your secret's safe with me. Let's go see Giles. And they leave. And that's when we cut to Xander and Faith. He's bringing her into the cage in the library where all the weapons are. And that's when they hear Giles moaning in his office. So Xander runs up to him and starts to tend to him. And he's like, what the hell happened? And Faith says, let me guess. And Xander says, stop, hold, think a minute, which is very unusual for Xander. And Faith says, yeah, I'm thinking, thinking Buffy's ex, Meat, did this. (laughs) And Xander says, this isn't his style, which is true. Like Angel would never bash someone's head and leave, you know? And Faith says, the guy's a demon. How much more proof do you need? And Xander's like, bite marks? And he starts to dial 911. And Faith says, screw this waiting crap. And she goes to leave. And Xander says, if they leave now, Giles could die. And Faith is like, yeah. And he's going to have a whole lot of company unless I do something permanent. And she's like, I'm not going to wait. Like, what am I going to wait for? Are you to grow a pair? You handle the babysit and I'm going to kill Angel. And that's when Xander's just like, like, damn it. And he's like, boning 911. Damn it, because he's panicking and Giles could be dying. Damn it, because he can't go and watch Angel get killed. Two things here. First, finally, finally, somebody in the show is taking Giles' head trauma seriously. <laughs> like, at how last. many times is this that Giles has been knocked out? Because he got knocked out most recently in Homecoming. Like, oh, this he keeps be getting like knocked out. This is 15? bad. It, he should be in a hospital at this point. Absolutely. And this time it's like more serious. Brain injury than before. and concussion are, are serious things. Um, you know, all humor aside, people, if you get hit on the head, go get checked. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, okay, Stephanie, you may not like me for saying this, mm. but I have to give credit to Xander here. Mm. In this moment, when he says, Faith, if we leave, Giles could die. I have to give Xander his moment of heroism because for all of his obsession with killing Angel, for all of his negative emotions, his cheating with Willow, like we are being very critical of Xander in this episode and I'm here for it. But, you know, once in a while people are like, well, you don't give Xander his due. He can be heroic. Yeah, he can be. It's just very rare. Um, (laughs) But this is that rare instant because in this moment, Xander is showing us that, yes, he is a good person. He recognizes when he needs to do what's right in this case instead of what he wants. And I will give him that credit. You can give him the credit. I will say the bar is very low in that he dials 911 for someone who's bleeding from the head. Is very like, okay, yeah, that's basic shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And I understand what you're saying. And you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's not, it's not him dialing 911 that's heroic. It's him saying that to Faith, who's a very strong personality, yeah, and, and choosing to stay behind. He could have just dialed nine one one, and then skipped, like with like you know Faith did. Um, it's that choosing to stay behind and choosing to kind of give up the satisfaction of being there. Right. That's what I see as heroic. But I agree with you. Like it, it's sad that the bar is this low. <laughs> well, there you have it, Xander. All right, thanks for staying behind and making sure Charles doesn't bleed out. So. At the mansion, <laughs> mysteriously, Angel is doing a, a spell in like Latin or Gaelic or something. And he's like, the spell is he's turning fire to living flame, I assume. And he just knows how to do it. He doesn't need a book. He doesn't need any. He knows a lot about Legos, this glove and this fire already on his own. So I'm starting to think that when he was Angelus, when he didn't have a soul, perhaps 
finding this glove was like his plan C. You know yeah, what I mean? A, that's a good point. We've yeah. never heard of this glove before. It seems like a pretty useful thing. Yeah, like I'm like we've dealt with gloves before. Remember the judge? Remember when they found the glove for the judge, like that arm? Yes, <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. The, sh- the show is into the dismembered body part things. <laughs> anyway, good for Angel. He's helping. Yay! So we cut to the library again, and the paramedics are there tending Giles. Thanks to Xander. All right, there it is. <laughs> Buffy and Willow walk in, and Buffy's freaking out. She's like, "What happened?" And Giles is. Kind of conscious, kind of not. And he's telling Buffy, you must destroy the glove. Use living flame. He's wheeled out. Buffy looks at Xander and says, what happened? And Xander, ooh, his stance here. He's just like, your boyfriend's not as cursed as you thought. And Buffy's like, what makes you think Angel has anything to do with this? And Xander says, we saw what you saw. Like, (laughs) Xander, you sound like an idiot, okay? Buffy says, you just assume? (laughs) And Xander's like, I didn't. Faith did. Xander, you so did. <laughs> you, you just said it now. Your boyfriend's not so cured as you thought. So what do you... Car, no. you finish the scene. I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, so Xander says, I didn't tell her much, just what everybody else already knows, but he calls Faith a big girl and says she can figure it out, you know, and come to her own conclusions, which is basically Xander admitting that he manipulated her. God. And <laughs> Buffy brushes this all aside. She's like, okay. How much of a head start did Faith have? Sandra says 10 minutes. So Buffy, completely in charge at this point, is like, Willow, you stay here. Go through Giles' research. Uh, figure out how to destroy the glove because she doesn't know that her ex-boyfriend already knows all that. <laughs> and <laughs> He's already a Lagos expert. <laughs> she doesn't talk to Xander. She's just like, she's like, I'm done with you. Like, evil eye. And Side then leaves. Glare. And Willow says, shut up and help me. Um, which, you know, I think Willow is upset. She's upset at Xander for what he did. She's upset at herself for how she's been carrying on with Xander. I think this moment is also just maybe a reminder, even subconsciously to Willow, that Xander sucks. And (laughs) why are you making out with this guy? It's not sexy anymore, is it, Willow? Tables have turned. So Gwendolyn Post has arrived at the mansion because Giles told her straight up, it's on Crawford Street. And she's like, I'm just going to go to the mansion on Crawford Street, see if I can find it. And sure enough, Angel's there and he's like, what do you want? <laughs> and she says, Mr. Giles sent me. He says, what for? And she says, to help you destroy the glove. And she's like, Lagos is on his way here now. If you perform the ritual incorrectly, the glove will become more powerful. And Angel's just like, all right. Like, <laughs> okay. I guess this is believable. And she asks, where is the glove? He says it's in the trunk. And that's when she hits him on the head with a shovel and says, that's what I love about this town. Everyone is so helpful. And it's so true. Everybody's telling her everything rock. she knows. You just wait around long enough and someone, one of the Scooby gang will tell you what's up. I'm really surprised she didn't get to talk to Buffy's mom. <laughs> where is Joyce? Where's Joyce been lately? Jeez, she's missing oh, all the action. we know where she is. We know exactly what she's, she's been up to. She's stealing artifacts from her museum and getting high. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's still got the band candy and she's... Just... <laughs> That's what happened to all the candy. Joyce, <laughs> Joyce has them stored in the basement, the gallery. Like, oh my god. That's where Joyce has been. She's been busy with this getting rid of this shipment. What did you call it? Her Hobby Lobby connections. Oh my god. So, so, so Mrs. Post is opening the trunk. Um, and that's when Angel gets up because guess what guys Angel's a vampire and a shovel would never kill him 
And I, I do love this, right? Because she doesn't know that Angel's a vampire. And I always love it when there's that dramatic irony of like, you don't know what you've walked into. And, and I love I love Angel's remark here because he says, okay, that hurt. And I, Steph, I feel that this is the first moment we see Angel as we will get to know him in the Angel TV series. Like there's just something about his attitude in this moment where I'm like, oh, like there this is, is a different angel. There's my boy. Yeah, there he is. a little taste, just a little tiny taste of that attitude, that sarcasm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. I love it. And it's also funny too, because if Mrs. Post had read the Watcher's Diary that Giles did have in its collection, she would already yeah, know that, that Angel's a vampire. So she just breaks the shovel with her knee. She breaks it in half. I was like, is she strong like like what and then she's on something she's she's on band candy sunnydale band maybe, candy maybe she did be joyce <laughs> <laughs> we're off the rails you and i are off the rails now um okay but no she breaks this thing with the, with the shovel with her with her knee to make stakes and her and angel start to fight and angel literally punches her in the face and she just gets up like it's no big deal so i'm like this woman is supernatural like, he like throws her against the wall and she's just like oh like, she doesn't look hurt at all and as he's doing that unfortunately faith barges in just there sees him attacking her watcher and let's not forget mm. that face other watcher was also murdered by a vampire so she's triggered and she says, I can't believe how much I'm going to kill you. And Angel, like, first of all, I thought Angel should have said, who the fuck are you? <laughs> but instead he says, you're not getting that glove. Then the two of them start to fight and it doesn't last very long. Faith overpowers him and is about to stake him. And that's when Buffy comes in and stops her. Ooh. So we're in the library. Willow and Xander are just trying to figure out this, you know, flame thing. And they say they have to test it. But lo and behold, once again, amazingly, Xander sees what the glove can do because it's written in a book. Like, <laughs> what, what is it? Just like there was a book on a kaffa, like all things you need to know about a kaffa, there's also one on Lagos and this glove. Like, come on. Very convenient. So anyway, they're like, there's no time. So they run out of the library with the stuff. Buffy is telling Faith that she's like, I can't let you do it, Faith. And Faith is like, you're confused, Twinkie. Let me clear you up. Vampire, Slayer, dead vampire and Buffy says there's a lot that you don't understand and that's when Mrs. Post who once again like do, does not seem to be that hurt by what Angel just did to her she's like she's blinded by love trust me Faith <laughs> you know what I mean and Faith is gonna trust her because you know these other people had a secret meeting without her and like how could she possibly trust them so Buffy says he's like Faith we can figure this out and that's when Faith kicks her in the face and then they start to fight and it's during this fight, which goes from the mansion, all like Buffy makes like steers her outside through a glass door and they fight out on the garden. Um, it's through this fight, which I think is really well choreographed. Uh, this is where I, I had decided at the end that Buffy is a better fighter overall. I think she just... I, I agree. Yeah. Well, because it goes back Faith to... Faith is just sloppy. Well, yeah, it goes back to what Kendra and Buffy were talking about, about emotions, right? And Kendra's mm -hmm. like, you know, emotions make you weak. And Buffy's like, emotions make you strong. But the thing is, Faith has too much emotion. Like, Buffy harnesses her emotions, and that makes her stronger. But Faith lets her emotions run her, and that's her weakness. Yeah, like, at one point, Faith just, like, throws a chair at Buffy. Which, you know, it seems irrational. 
<laughs> Buffy would never throw a chair. She would throw a glass, which you will see very soon. But like, this is, I mean, you're right. Like, she's just a little out of control, Faith. And that's, that's her weakness. So um, Xander and Willow come in. And of course, they see Mrs. Post on the ground. And she's like, go help Faith. So Xander, I love this, goes and tries to help the girls. And she's like, guys, stop. And Faith throws him across the garden, gets rid of him right away. Love it. Good. Yeah, good. Get him out of the way. He's useless. And Willow helps Mrs. Post. And as soon as she helps her up, Mrs. Post opens the trunk and takes out the glove. And she's like, finally. And she whips around with the glove and like takes Willow's head off, which is probably what it should have done. And Willow falls to the ground and Gwendolyn puts the arm on she puts the glove on and it looks like it painfully like the spikes on it attached to her arm and she holds it up and she's just like ah and the light starts to crash lightning starts to crash outside and it's a beautiful actually do you you see this is a beautiful skylight in this mansion for vampires it's very strange that (laughs) it's there i think we talked about that at one point in last season (laughs) it's like oh a beautiful skylight and open garden but no it's spike who brought it up he was like wow (laughs) like like we can all come out here when we want to die you know what i mean so so faith and buffy stop fighting and they're like oh shit what's happening and faith is like what's going on and gwendolyn looks at faith and says faith word of advice you're an idiot and I I was annoyed with Faith in this episode. I was. But I feel bad right. for her. I do. I feel bad oh, for yeah. her. She's so easily manipulated. She's just a lonely little soul. And she's literally just like, she tried to trust her. She puts her faith in the wrong people. But also, are you not incredibly shocked that Mrs. Post is evil? Like, How could this be? It, it, there, was not, there was no sign of it earlier in the episode, right? I know. It's like a complete shock to my system. Um, <laughs> I, I'm questioning everything at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, Mrs. Post holds up her arm and the lightning crashes through the sunroof into her glove. And then she uses that to, like, blow shit up. And... She tries to attack Willow with this lightning burst and Angel runs and saves her life because Angel's a fucking hero. And Buffy t- tells Faith to draw her fire distractor. So Faith runs and Gwendolyn, you know, points the lightning rod at her. I'm not terribly impressed with this glove. You know, like Xander saw what it did. I don't know if this is what he saw, but like... <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not a very efficient weapon. Like it takes time to charge up so everybody can like dodge it. I don't know what she wanted to do with it. Like she basically maybe, just maybe says, she was just new to using it, and this was just like the first setting, and she had to like tinker with it a bit. Yeah, maybe it's like a magic glove where like after it's like warmed up with lightning, I, you can wish I think on it. It's you definitely know? a magic glove. Stephanie. <laughs> I'm thinking more like Aladdin's magic lamp. Like you can wish on it for something. Like there must be okay. more to it than what it is. You know, well, I guess we'll never know because. Buffy, because Gwendolyn is looking at herself and she like talking to herself and she's like, there's nothing you can do to me now. I have the glove and the glove comes with power. Have you not read any of the reports on Buffy? Like, No, she didn't read the Watcher's Diaries like we told her to. So Buffy's just like, I'm getting that. <laughs> and she picks up a, shot, a shard of glass from the broken door and throws it and it cuts off Mrs. Post's arm. She screams bloody murder. throw, right? Like glass is fragile. <laughs> But she manages to throw this glass at the right angle, right speed for the glass not to break and instead completely sever a human bone. Yeah, it's 
badass. And I also want to say, like, it's a really a shame that we had to watch Buffy practice with, like, blindfolds and balls and <laughs> staffs and stuff, but we never got to watch her glass throw. And that would have been yeah. awesome to watch. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Mrs. Post has her arm cut off. The lightning consumes her. She screams and it's all over. And it's just Willow, Xander, Angel, Faith, and Buffy walking toward the middle of the room, taking it all in. So cut to the next day at school in the student lounge. The Scoobies are all talking about the glove, which was destroyed. And Willow's wondering what, what are Buffy and Angel going to do? And Xander says, boy, do I not know. And Willow says... He saved her from a horrible flaming death, which means she likes him again. And I'm like, fair. Will, like, Angel really did prove himself in this episode um, for that last little, like, you know, half an hour of fighting. Because he saved Willow's life and he was trying to get rid of that glove. And he knew all about mm -hmm. Legos and his buddy got killed by Buffy for no reason in this episode. Xander says, as long as him and Buffy don't, as long as Angel and Buffy don't get pelvic, they're okay. Ugh. God. And Buffy comes in now and says to them all that angel's not her boyfriend he really like, really truly she, he's just i don't know she looks at xander and she asks if they're cool <laughs> xander does not apologize because why the fuck would he apologize he, he never apologizes but he does say seeing the two of you kissing after everything that happened i leaned toward the postal but i trust you and cordelia for the record says i don't and that's when Giles comes in, bandage on forehead. He's alive, everybody. And he says, Gwendolyn Post was a watcher, but was kicked out of the council years ago for misuse of dark magic. And the council says they swear there was a memo about it. Huh. This is where I want to talk a little bit about the council. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. Because what the fuck? Like, what the hell do they do? They are really bad at keeping everybody in the loop, right? Like, nobody told Giles that Faith's Watcher had died. And nobody told Giles about Kendra showing up. Like Seriously. And, I, I like, we've talked about this before. Like, their whole point of the council is to watch over the Slayer spell, whatever it is. Why wouldn't Giles, who actually is in control of the Slayer, the one and only Slayer at the moment, why isn't he the top dog of this whole council right now? This mm -hmm. is what blows my mind. Like, he's not invited to the council retreat. He's not told when a when a watcher goes evil and pieces out and might be a danger to him. This is so bizarre. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. This council is actually useless. Like, he should have been the first yeah. one to be notified of all this stuff, and he's not. I don't know what to say. I think you're right. <laughs> so anyway Buffy says that she has more damage control to do when she leaves and Willow says after she leaves that the angel thing is weird and Giles just says we'll just have to see how that unfolds will we so are Giles and Buffy cool like are they cool after this that's a good question I think we're gonna have to find out yeah because he's just like like well you know it is what it is this is what he's basically saying we cut to face hotel room and she's reading a magazine, the TV's on, and Buffy enters. Clearly, 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 Faith does not want to see her. And Buffy's there to apologize, though. And she's like, hey, how how are you? And she says, five by five. And what I like about this scene is it shows that both of them have bruises on their face. And I really like that the only real time that we see them look physically hurt is when they fight each other, right? Because they both oh, have the power. Okay. Mm -hmm. I find that really interesting, like equals in that way. Buffy is saying that Gwendolyn Post had everybody fooled, even Giles. 
And Faith says, yep, you can't trust people. I should have learned that by now. And Buffy says, I realize this will sound funny coming from someone who spends a lot of time kicking your face, but you can trust me. And Faith is like, is that right? Because she's been hanging out with Xander way too much. And <laughs> Buffy says, I know I kept secrets. I didn't have a choice. I'm on your side. And Faith says, I'm on my side. And that's enough. And Buffy says, not always. And Faith's like, is that it? And Buffy's like, yeah, I guess. And Faith dismisses her. So Buffy turns to go. But it seems for one second that Faith is going to change her mind. And she says, Buffy. Yeah. And Buffy turns around kind of hopeful. And she's like, yeah. And Faith is just like, nothing. So Buffy leaves. <laughs> and they both look really sad. And they both like have a pause moment. Um, Buffy on the stairs. Faith in her bed. And then the, the episode ends. And my question, though, is, is Faith upset with Buffy? I think there's a lot of things going on with Faith right now. Like, she's obviously embarrassed. She feels betrayed. But my, my thing with her betrayal with Buffy is, like, is she upset that Buffy lied about Angel? Or that Buffy kept no. that information? Like, what is she upset about Buffy with right now? Faith is realizing that she doesn't fit in with this group. Mm -hmm. I, I think, because what we're seeing here is kind of the start of... The wedge, you know, Mrs. Post tried driving that wedge and she was more successful than she realized, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, Faith is a loner. She always has been and maybe she always will be. For a time, she has tried to fit in. And this has taught her that she doesn't fit in with them. She's fundamentally different. And we see that in the scene because Buffy is trying to make nice with Faith and there's some interesting symbolism happening here, which I'm not entirely fond of because it's so stereotypical. But, you you know, Buffy is, well, nicely dressed. Mm -hmm. She's got, like, the little sweater set on. Purse. You know, hair pulled back, purse. Yeah, she's blonde. She's all, you know, done up. Society girl. Uh, Faith is in a dingy motel room on her bed, you know, not wearing any pants, like, dark hair, pale complexion. There's this whole, like happy blonde girl, dark emo girl dynamic going on that the show is trying to pull where Buffy's the goody two-shoes. And Buffy has to make nice with Faith because Buffy can't stand anybody being upset with her. Mm -hmm. Whereas Faith is the very opposite. She pushes people away. She wants people to be upset with her because that's how she avoids making attachments and then losing people. Mm -hmm. Two damaged slayers. <laughs> That's what we're ending this episode with. And I I mean, I really love this dynamic between the two of them. I cannot wait to see how it plays out more. But for now, who is your hero? I think it's pretty obvious who the hero is of this episode. It is Angel the Vampire. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Yeah, it's Angel. 100%. He takes the initiative. He yes. finds the glove. He knows everything without looking it up. <laughs> He's in need. This dingy books uh he was shirtless and teaching buffy tai chi save will's life there's lots of stuff for angel in this episode good for him angel's back everybody angel's back in full form we even got a little peek into future angel it's great to see <laughs> um yeah what an episode what an anxiety attack on my end when it came to xander but let's get to our hot stakes so our first hot stake is from vanessa who's basically talking about what we were just talking about when it comes to faith and Vanessa says, it's clear from the beginning that Faith comes from a broken home. My impression is that she was and is a people pleaser. My guess is as a child, she used this as a survival tactic around abusive or neglectful parents or parent. Uh, but it didn't help much. 
Because of this, she's pretty good at quickly assessing whether someone will or won't be pleased. And rather than trying to please and being hurt, she turns around and she hurts others. Uh, and Vanessa cites Joyce and Buffy's dinner, uh, where Faith is kind of like very like pleasing Joyce. Joyce is very accepting. Buffy's mistrusting. So Faith pushes Buffy away. And, and I think we, we see that here in this episode. And, and this also links with something that one of our, our longtime listeners, Casey, uh, wrote into us about, which is a theory that maybe Faith is also a survivor of sexual assault or might have witnessed, you know, like Kakistos maybe assaulting her watcher before Kakistos killed her watcher. So mm-hmm. clearly, like, yeah, Faith has gone through some stuff in the past and that's shaped her into the person and the slayer that she is now. Yeah, I agree. Um, thanks, Vanessa. That was really enlightening. Uh, we got a couple questions from Odidi, and I think I'm going to pick the most important one to answer. It's the one that we all really want to hear, and it's vampires are dead. They have no circulation. So how do they get boners? <laughs> how do they have sex? Is it a special vampire thing, or are their dicks flaccid? <laughs> I'd love to know what you girls think. Well, I think that vampires are able to have sex and get hard because we need them to. And that's purely the answer. Speak for this yourself. Is... I don't know how anybody's able to have sex, Steph. <laughs> well, that's just my personal opinion. You know, I think this is vampire fiction. And if our vampires can't be shirtless and have sex, I don't want it. It's, okay? it's a good question. It's also a question we can't answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how the show explains this or justifies this. Um yeah. It just happens. It's magic. Well, yeah, and I love the boldness of this question. It's actually a question for the ages. Um, and I would love to hear what other yeah. listeners and fans of Buffy or any vampire lore I, think. I, I don't, I don't want to hear. <laughs> just send to my personal email <laughs> so I can know. Thanks, Vanessa and uh, Didi, for writing in. And again, we love when you when our listeners reach out and send us these hot steaks so keep them coming yeah and thanks for everybody who's sponsoring us on buy me a coffee especially our chosen ones emma and lizzie bye (laughs) thanks for listening to prophecy girls if you want and can afford to donate head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also reach out to our email at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca. See you next week. Bye.